attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you all are still in, like, turkey hangovers, because if I'm doing time travel right, this is airing after Thanksgiving, and it is now, Dana, officially, 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 yeah. Mariah season. Yeah, okay, yeah. I will give it to you now. It's officially Mariah season. <laughs> Trees can be up. Christmas music can be playing. That's fine. It's fine. You just can't do all of it before Thanksgiving. You got to let Thanksgiving yes, be can. Thanksgiving. November 1. November no, 1. It's November too much. 1. And I see two little elves in the background behind you nodding and smiling. No. Yeah. Car- they agree. Carly November is team 1. me. No. I'm no. team no. Dana. Well, Carly is Thanksgiving. Sierra's right. And mm-hmm. I'm right. Our tree went up November 1st. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yes, I'm a Sierra, day after Thanksgiving. Th- like Black Friday, we don't go shopping, we decorate for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, the Carly. Resident, mm-hmm. The resident New York Jew fully agrees with Sierra <laughs> that Christmas trees goes up on November 1. Um, but hey, we got Carly and Sierra here, two of our longtime listeners. Not first-time callers anymore. (laughs) They've been on a few times. And unfortunately, no fan favorite Kim is not here. And she would love to be here. And we told her there was no room in the room for her to be here. Which, now that it's Christmas, there's no room at the inn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We usually, like, boot her off into her own room at your house. We have done that before, too. She... (laughs) She knows that we're talking about her. I'm sure her little spidey senses are tingling right now because yeah. it's Kim she knows. and it's she podcasting. She knows. We'll get a text. <laughs> but, hey, these two lovely ladies are here with us because, you know, when we were, we were talking about this episode, we really, because I think you all know, I am absolutely obsessed with the idea of rides breaking down. I have never been on one that's broken down. I need it to happen in my life. And so Dana was like, oh, hey, yeah, Carly and Sierra were both recently on rides and broke down. And I was like, done, let's do it. Let's talk to them about it because that's all I need in my life. Well, for context, I mean, you have always said that this is your dream, which is a weird dream, my friend. I get it. Uh, I I mean, yeah, you want to know, but I think it's he is obsessed about it. And then like later that day, Sierra was at Disneyland. And a ride broke down on her. And so she was texting us photos and I'm sending them to Adam. And he's like, oh, my God, this is my dream come true. I need to know everything. So we're like, we'll make this a whole episode. And since Carly worked a thrill ride, she can walk us through the mechanics of what happens when a ride breaks down. So we figured we'd make a whole episode about that. All right. Before we get to my dream of being on a ride that's breaking down, I guess some news happened Sunday. I guess now it's like. A week ago, Sunday night? Yeah, a week ago, Sunday night. Just a little bit of news. I think fireworks erupted around the globe they, at this news. Let me tell you, they actually I, did. So we, we're going to talk about the big news, which is that Bob Iger has been reinstated as the CEO at Disney. We want to talk through this news with you guys. I know we all have a lot of thoughts about this. But fireworks literally went off, you guys, because this happened <laughs> on Sunday night. And I and my family went to the Disney Plus show live um, of Elton John at the Dodgers Stadium. And the news broke about 30 minutes before he went out on his big farewell tour. And there were the whole show, fireworks and everything. It was the most euphoric experience to go see Elton John in his absolute last U.S. performance. It's amazing. And Bob 
Bob JPEG is out and Bob Iger is in. So I was having a grand old time. I think I, I, think I texted you like, holy bleep. Uh-huh. Like that was my entire text. And you're like, what, what, what? Yep. And I was like, JPEG's out, Iger's in. And it was like, what? Like it just insane. So we want to talk about it. We know the news is out there. And <laughs> Carly, Sierra, please, please chime in from the peanut gallery on this one because we got thoughts. And I'm sure you all have thoughts too. But I would just be curious. So basically, late Sunday night, the world found out that Bob Paycheck had <laughs> stepped down, resigned, in quotes, aka corporate speak for the board said, get your stuff and get out. Mm-hmm. And Bob Iger as another podcast calls him Disney Daddy, (laughs) Disney Daddy came back (laughs) to us all to rescue us all. So Disney Daddy's back and Bob Chapek is out. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a perfect time for the holidays. I could not believe it. And like I texted a friend who's an Imagineer who's been, you know, really frustrated as some of the Imagineers have been. And I texted that friend and I was like, holy bleep. And they wrote back and they were like, oh, my gosh, best news ever. We're so happy. We're so excited. Because I think, you know, from a creativity standpoint, Bob Chapek, like, killed creativity. If it didn't raise the bottom line, in his opinion, it wasn't worth pursuing. And it wasn't a project worth pursuing. And these Imagineers are some of the most creative people on the planet. And they come to Disney to create and do these amazing things. And this is this just makes me feel so much happier about the future of the parks and what we can experience and knowing that creativity is going to be back and they're going to have this chance to be creative without all the time worrying about the bottom line. So, but I'm very curious from you three, what your initial reaction was as Disney fans, as Disney park goers to the news that Bob was gone and Bob was back. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Don't let the door hit you on the way goodness. out. Thank goodness. <laughs> As the uh, unpaid intern said, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, and going back a minute, you know, Bob Iger had been the CEO for over 15 years. Some incredible moments in Disney history have happened under his reign, I would say. The acquisition of Pixar, the acquisition of Marvel, uh, the sales going up tremendously across the board in both like their cinema side and their parks. He did no wrong in my opinion. And he just also seemed like a genuine fan and love for the brand of Disney. And so I always thought he did a really great job. Bob Chapek has come in and it just, I will give him one little tiny ounce of sympathy in that he started the job in the same breath as the COVID pandemic beginning. And that's a bummer for him. But I give him zero sympathy for anything else because he seemed to have taken all of these moments where he was trying to money grab at any turn and specifically money grab with the average American that visits the parks and not find sustainable ways within the corporation, um, but instead creating things like Genie Plus and upping all of the ticket pricing and kind of squeezing out the locals at Disneyland, like all these things that we're so disgruntled about all have fallen in the last year and a half, two years under Chapex reign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I just have to say the pandemic, remember Bob Iger was going to step down and then Disney daddy was like, no, 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 we're going to stick around and help you out there, Bob Paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and remember, he kind of hung out through the pandemic before he fully retired. 
to make sure that the company was in good hands and can make it through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sierra, Carly, what was your reaction other than good riddance when you heard? Like, what are you hopeful for? For one, I'm super excited. And also we spent the whole day sending funny memes back and forth to each other in our chat that yep. were like, you know, basically good riddance, yep. which were pretty hilarious. And I loved it. I just, I feel like, you know, the magic was taken away from us and I feel like we're going to get it back. So I'm stoked for that. Like, I just, I mean, it's not going to happen right away because there was so much stuff that was implemented that now you have to like do the reverse, you know, and take it all back and figure out a new thing that's going to work post COVID, you know, all that stuff. But I do hope in the future and I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I also see hope in the future because I think that I don't know what it was that Paycheck did in his time, but something definitely changed over the course of the last few years. And it was so unfortunate to see. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of PTSD because I read Bob Iger, like one of his initial quotes that he had was like, we got to get back to storytelling. And I um, used to work at a company that has two initials as its main name. and A big movie studio. Yeah, another (laughs) studio. And when they pitched us their new idea, it was like bringing back the storytelling from the storytellers. And I was like, oh, God, stop using that word. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a little PTSD that like he thinks that that's going to fix everything. And that is not all that needs to be fixed. Okay, I hear you on that thought, but I also want to raise you the same article I think that you're referencing. I also saw Bob Iger mention that he's like, we didn't have the funding or to make movies like Coco. And I think he mentioned another couple that like came out in the last couple years of his reign that he was saying like, it wasn't in Kanto, but he was saying like, we didn't have the funding to do a lot of this kind of stuff, but we believed that we could make a really great story and they are some of the best profitable things. So I do think that he's not wrong for Disney, maybe not the other companies, but Disney's so great at storytelling. You look at like what they yeah. have done in recent years, both you know, on screen and in the parks, it's not a lot of creativity coming out. You can feel the, that it's all kind of nervous. Kind of panicky. Yeah. Yeah. So I I hope that he is right in that he's going to like let the stories breathe and really be told rather than it just being like, we're here to make a profit, which is the bottom line, all that Bob Chapek wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Bob, Bob Iger is going to have to, he re- he reports to the board. I mean, they're paying him. I did pull this up. He's making a whopping $27 million a year for the next two years to write the ship at Disney. He's going to be just so, fine. <laughs> just fine. <laughs> but he has a lot of work to do to do it because he's, you know, I think they, uh, the stuff I was reading is that the straw that broke the camel's back and finally pushed the board over was this last earnings call. The fact that Disney Plus was losing a lot of money and think about the insane number of subscribers that Disney Plus has and launched with. So I mean it was like $1.4 billion that they lost. That is a significant chunk of change. And we talked about the earnings a few episodes ago where when we were reading them, the language was that like all of the numbers are fairly up for Bob Chapek because But for the parks. For the parks, you're right. We talked about the parks. But it was like they kind of had started from a reset zero. So, of course, the numbers are up. And everyone's excited that they're open, you know, mm-hmm. if there's so much closure and, right. you know, that it's like finally people will go. So they're going to pay I mean, anything to go I, there, you know. <laughs> there are people still trapped inside Shanghai, I think. <laughs> I still haven't let them out of Shanghai Disney. But, um, <laughs> so 
two things, and then I want to I want to spill a little tea that I read today about all this that you guys might not have heard yet. But one thing to hit the storytelling thing, I think that is what is so magical about a Disney park. Like you can go to Universal, you can go to a Knott's Berry Farm, you can go to a Six Flags, and that's just an amusement park. Let's be honest. The storytelling, the fully encompassing storytelling doesn't exist. That's what Disney did so well. And I feel like, you know, and Dan, I remember talking about this after we were at Disneyland in August. And I remember saying to you, something was off. Mm -hmm. Like, it just felt off. It wasn't that. It was a collective trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, like the magical moment was sitting in the room with you all watching the fireworks. And that was because we created that moment ourselves. Mm -hmm. The whole time in the parks just felt the cast members weren't happy. So people weren't happy. It was grumpy. It was that level of magic was not there. And I really hope that the cast members, the employees of the Disney company all feel invigorated again with Bob Iger coming back and being able to lead them and put the right people in place. So speaking of the right people in place... I'm going to back up. So, got it. I was doing some little deep dive on all this stuff. Apparently, there has been like this internal, like this was a long time coming. This was months coming, the firing of Bob Chapek. So, apparently, this is all led by this chief financial officer, Christine McCarthy, who and other Disney executives, they've been kind of leading this little rebellion from the inside. Love to see it. Amazing. With the board. I'm here yeah. for it. Communicating with the board that they weren't happy. So there was all kinds of like behind the scenes drama. Uh, Multiple executives approached the board of directors with complaints about Chapek's ability as a leader. They felt like he was not the one to do it and was disliked. So they all kind of kept going to the board. And then I think what finally pushed the board over the edge again was the earnings call where they lost, like you said, Dana, 1.5 billion on streaming. So... (laughs) Disney board approached Bob Iger on Friday night, trying to get a deal together with him on Friday night. This is Friday. (laughs) They announced this on Sunday. Chapek had no clue and was literally called a few minutes before the announcement went out (gasps) on Sunday, being told... He was no longer CEO. Oh, I love that my so much. Gosh. I do too. <laughs> I didn't know that, and I love that. I love that they're like toiling. I'm picturing them all toiling over the weekend in the back and be like, "We got, we got Iger. Okay, let's pull the trigger. Let's get rid of Jay." Can you imagine the amount of billable hours those Disney attorneys and Bob Iger's attorneys had oh sorting this gosh. deal out on oh a Friday night, so Saturday, great. and Sunday? <laughs> incredible insane it's amazing so but like yeah you can just picture the drama like they were all rushing to do this and the fact that they dropped this like you said dana when elton john was performing his final concert live on disney plus (laughs) (laughs) which the irony to all of that and we all work in the industry so we know enough about this but the irony to me about the fact that they did this on the night of elton john's big finale that's being live televised on disney plus we all know that disney spent a pretty penny to get elton john and this whole spectacle to happen probably far more than they ever had to begin with for this fledgling successful but also not successful streaming platform and so to take such a massive swing and then announce 30 minutes before his show that the ceos (laughs) are switching (laughs) is kind of just funny like this is ridiculous like I mean, the headlines were nuts. It was everywhere Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just, and all anybody was talking about Monday morning. So, 
couple of things. So one of Bob's Iger, Disney Daddy as we'll call him, <laughs> one of the Disney Daddy's jobs is to make sure little Junior Daddy, or it's probably going to be a Junior Daddy, let's be honest, because I'm about to say who it is, would be in a good place to take over the Walt Disney Company. Now, this is path one, mm-hmm. and then there's another rumored path two that Disney might be going. Because real quick, Bob Iger has only agreed on a two-year contract. So Two years. This- so, you know, he's going to make a cool $66 million, you know, or whatever that is. Just uh, a- no, that math's not right. But whatever, a lot of 52? money. More than any of us will ever see in our entire life. Yeah, thank you. Sierra, what's the I got a journalism there? degree. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, whatever. I, the man, it's whatever. Fifty-four. I, I can't be, do math. What does what it, what would that look like in life? I can't even imagine. So, one of our favorites, and we've talked about him a lot. The rumor, and this was the obvious rumor, that the CEO in grooming would be Josh Tomorrow, who's head of parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. I love this too. I love this. Josh Tomorrow, by the way, does not look bad if you ever follow him <laughs> on Instagram. No, that's a, why I say he's Disney Daddy Junior. He's a like, fine we looking Disney individual. Daddy. Give me a second. Oh, we're yeah. Googling. Yeah. Yeah. Google now I, now Googling. I need to know. I've never looked him up, and now I'm going to. <laughs> but, but, like, but really, so beyond, about- beyond his sweet, sweet looks, I will say Josh Tomorrow is like a huge fan of Disney. He's in all of the parks all the yeah. time, engaging and interacting with people, just like Walt did, and everybody I've heard really likes the guy a lot. So I'm in favor for that option here years yeah, from I am, now. I am a Aww. big fan of that for a couple of years. Also, during the pandemic, Not yeah, see, Disney Daddy Jr. Silver Fox. It. Yeah. Um, right, okay. So yeah. during the pandemic, when he was having to put people on furlough and do these things for the folks, for all the cast members who work at the parks, he was showing up. Like, he came to downtown Disney and talked with cast members. He has been there and engages with the cast members who make that magic happen. And it's like people want to work for him mm-hmm. and want to do a good job for him because that's the leadership. I honestly think Chapek hated him and sidelined him. We all saw the hostage video version of D23 this year where poor Josh tomorrow was having to stand up there and make no announcements about anything. Mm-hmm. So, like... I think you give that guy a chance to shine and he would be an incredible CEO. I agree. What he probably also wants to do with the parks, too. Yeah, I totally agree. Big fan. Who's the other person? So, oh, it's not a person. Oh, Oh, okay. It's a company. Oh, no. So the other rumor circulating around is that Iger wants to sell Disney to Apple. Ooh. Whoa. Apple always wants to buy Mm. everyone. They just, yeah, Monopoly. (laughs) Whoa. That's crazy. I feel like it's Apple and Amazon. They want to buy everyone. It's it's like always a yeah, rumor. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I- so apparently the rumors have been flying around since 2006. Like literally since Disney bought Pixar, mm-hmm. the rumors were flying around that Apple would eventually make a play for Disney. So this rumor that's circulating, and I'm trying to find where the article, oh, it was in the wrap. They basically were reporting that this could be Iger's swan song. He's the last ever CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And his last thing was pulling off this mega deal to make this one of the biggest acquisitions in the world's history if Apple were to buy the Walt Disney Company. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I think that puts us in a Bob Paycheck situation again. Yeah. 
where like, it loses its magic. Why does everyone have to buy everyone and like just have your own thing and let it be yours? Like you know what I mean? Like come so on, simple, why, I put, like seriously, like let just let other companies like oh, it just is annoying. And, let, and especially like, because they're not failing. Yeah, it's stupid. Just right, I wouldn't consider let it Disney be its a own failure. thing. It's fine. Yeah. Just leave it all alone. If yeah. they need to be purchased, that's fine. Like, yeah, if it's like a failing company, like, let me help you. But no, it's just like, I need to own everything. That's yeah. stupid. Maybe Apple well, should buy Twitter. It's fair. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, let's not go there. Okay, so I there's there's not enough bourbon in that cup next to me to be able to have the Twitter conversation tonight. <laughs> but so here's what's interesting. Bob Iger was a very close friend of Steve Jobs because all rich White people are all good friends. That's how the world works. And they control everything. So they were really good friends. And in Iger's 2019 autobiography, The Right of a Lifetime, he wrote, quote, and this is about Steve Jobs, who again died in 2011. He said, it's impossible not to have the conversation with him in my head that I wish I could be having in real life. More than that, I believe that if Steve were still alive, we would have combined our companies or at least discussed the possibility very seriously. Okay. I mean, I don't know how to react to it. I agree. I don't really want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, is it needed to happen? But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they do for either. each other. Yeah, that they haven't already done. Well, but think about like it. Creative. Apple. Apple has made that huge investment into their studios, right? Like Apple TV Plus, whatever they call it. And admittedly, maybe I'm biased because I like the majority of the shows on Apple TV Plus. They're high quality, good storytelling. Like, let's just be honest. Like, they have good, I think, for the majority. Like, I mm-hmm. bawl my eyes out during waiting on Apple TV Plus. I cry literally every episode. And then I'm mm-hmm. glued to my seat during the morning show. Mosquito Coast pulls some heartstrings. Like, I love it all. So, anyway. Like, but sure. But, but also, Hulu and Netflix have incredible premium content that's just as on par as those shows I think that you mentioned. The, Apple, the quality of the Apple TV stuff is higher than some of the Netflix stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Handmaid's Tale is pretty incredible on Hulu. I, I, I just think that, like, that doesn't feel like that's a thin reason for Disney to be merging with Apple. Yeah, but think of all the and Disney are you sure all those shows be... are Apple TV? Because they buy a lot of stuff too. Yeah, you're and right. also anyone can make incredible content if they put money into right. it. That's the right. thing is like Apple right now is like give it to us, we'll give you all the money you want. That's yeah. why people want to go there, you know. Right. But like if any company was like, yeah, sure, how much do you want? Fifty million? You got it. Of course they can make ins- like insane incredible guys... things. Yeah, I mean we've all worked in in places where we have seen this happen. It's it's kind of cyclical, and you can even point to cable television. Once somebody has the money, they have the great shows, mm-hmm. and then when they don't have the money, their shows don't do as well like this it just feels like that is a house of cards but you guys are totally missing the whole thing here Finally, the Disney World okay. and Disneyland apps will work without glitches if Apple takes it I over. I know. I was thinking that's true. That's that was true. the first thing I thought of. I was like, those magic bands are going to be just Apple watches, and it'll be and so everything easy for half the world. And not crash all yeah. the time when you're trying to use it. Virtual queues. Good point. Amazing. Good point. Like, it'll be... It'll be the best user experience on the planet. Also, could you imagine if they redesign like Disney merch stores to look like Apple stores? Apple, Apple stores? <laughs> They'd be so clean. It'd be kind of boring though. It's all white. <laughs> yeah, that that creature creation shop at Epcot. Okay. It looks like that to me. It's all very sterile. 
Yeah. Yeah, but instead of having like multiple products do the great, they just have one of every out. You have to like punch it in on your phone and then a <laughs> cast member brings it out in a little bag for you. No. No, a robot. robot. It'll be a robot. Yeah, I'm going to bring it out to <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> oh my God, it could look like Wally. Oh, okay, well, that okay, would be that'd cute. That'd be cute. <laughs> Wally brings out your merchandise. Oh my God. And he opens all these little things. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sorry. Well, look, I'm going to hope that Josh Camaro <laughs> takes over, but I, I think this story is going to continue to unfold. But bottom line, there's a lot of happy people. And even, and it's not just Walt Disney Company people and Parks people and Imagineers. Like, I have tons of friends who work at ABC News and ESPN. Which which are both owned by Disney, they're all really happy too. This is a cross company thing that like my friends who work over there were all telling me how excited and happy they were that Bob Iger was back. I haven't heard anybody who's not excited. Same. Nobody is being like, oh, bummer. Oh, you're looking. No, I know. I haven't heard anything bad, but I am curious because he's talking about a lot of restructuring. So I wonder what comes. There have to be people who are not happy about Mm -hmm. that. Excellent point, Sierra. They already today restructured yes. by getting rid of Kareem Daniel or who oh, yeah, he, he said, I'm stepping down. And he was the <laughs> head of like the umbrella of content, I believe, mm-hmm. like all various media content. And he was Bob Chapek's mm-hmm. right hand man. So it is for sure going to be a clean sweep. I will leave with this thought. And I am all team Iger, Disney daddy. I think he's going to do a great job. I don't think it's going to be an overnight situation. We still are going to have probably hit the next two years of damage control. Mm-hmm. I mean, Iger's got to go apologize to Scarlett Johansson. Oh my at this god! Point. But <laughs> like, there's just going to be a lot that will change, and I think it will change for the better. I think there'll be some things that will change dramatically, but a lot of it's going to take time—a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Agreed. Well, we shall see. Okay, before we talk about. The best thing ever, which is getting stuck on rides. I have a little breaking news that I don't know if you all know about yet. And I have to share it. I've been okay. saying this. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Soaring over California is coming back. Woo! Oh! Wait, permanently? No, just for March. <laughs> um, so March. Oh, <laughs> come on. But um, My heart. <laughs> yeah, they announced that during the DCA Food and Wine Festival, Soren over California will be back in March for a limited time. So that's amazing because it is by far that's the nice. superior Soren period. And again, hey, mm-hmm. Disney Daddy, if you're listening, just leave it in California. Leave Soren over the world in Florida. Leave California in California. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yes. Bob Iger, make that your first change. <laughs> yeah. A permanent storm over California. Also, thank you for listening. Yeah. yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> You're busy. This is impressive that you take all the time to listen to Jen D. Hey, he loves us. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about what happens when a ride breaks down. It's the question I think we all wonder. That answer, I'm sure, fluctuates from ride to ride. But I wanted to start by bringing Carly on. You all remember that she is a former cast member and had worked in attractions back when she did her college program out in Florida. So Carly worked on Expedition Everest. And yay, the best (laughs) roller coaster, the best best ride. Yes, it's the best. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sierra. I'm happy that you agree. Yeah. <laughs> we went on it twice. When yeah, we, were there. we did. It's good. Yeah, it's so fun. And we had a team, is it better to sit in the front or the back? Let's hold our thoughts. <laughs> and we'll save it for the very end if you think it's better to sit in the very front or the very back. But Carly, walk us through again. What was your experience first with the job? And then also give us a little understanding about how a thrill ride like a roller coaster of Expedition Everest kind of operates physically. Okay. 
I should have thought this through, like how to say it, but I didn't. So here we go. Bear with it. Um, <laughs> I am sorry. So if you listen to whatever episode I did last year, it was a while ago now, um, yeah. I did kind of explain that there's break zones and it's not just a power up to start a ride. It's like multiple people. It's a big job. It's a big task. And the task starts in a room or a position called the tower. The tower is the main control room of a ride. It has the cameras, which can oversee the entire ride. You're never off camera at Disney. You are always on a camera, so just keep that in mind. (laughs) Sierra's eyes are like, oh my God. Let's repeat that again. You're never not on camera. You are always on camera. I I want to go. And so in that. Hold on. In that thought, (laughs) I want to see the room where people are sitting there watching everybody on camera all day. Like, you know, honestly, it kind of looks like in a heist movie or whatever, and they're in the control room and there's just monitor, 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 monitor. It's like that. And then there's like a whole mixing bay of tools in front of you that push and control different parts of the ride. It is really cool. Yeah. Like, is this literally a job people have where they sit there and watch these monitors all day? Like, if you had done the Disney College program and you're like, you get to go do Expedition Everest, you get to be Alice. You're going into the basement. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's, it is a part of the rotation. So if you are somebody who is just loading on the car, you also know how to run that room. Um, that's part of the training process. You, you know, it's a okay. lot of a lot of reading, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, a lot of reading, <laughs> a lot of kind of quizzes, you know, questionnaires, things to really make sure that you know how to control that ride. You have to pass a test basically to be oh, like, you're good. It's by so ride. every cast member who works one ride knows every facet of these different of, positions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah. Anyone on a ride knows exactly how to work every position on that ride. Yeah. And it's not okay, like so a the hidden. giant security room is for each ride. It's not just one. I was really picturing like, the evil tower in the middle of Orlando where people sat there staring at <laughs> like 85. Yeah. I bet whoever points. like is in charge of park security has a huge room with all of that sort of thing. But <laughs> it's like the dark night, the one where they're like, I was just yes! thinking of that with Morgan Freeman. Yes! Oh, okay. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of Adam. Lower the expectations a little bit. It's not that large because if you think about it, there is a tower, a control room in every ride. And it's usually a door where it says cast members only that door goes to that room or that door goes to that break room. They're just kind of hidden about. So it's, it's just part of it. Wow. And now this if I go on like space mountain or pirates, the Caribbean, you can kind of see them because they're usually over like a little bit of a bridge while yes. you're loading on the pirate's boat, for example. Space Mountain is my favorite one if people are like, what are you talking about? Is Because right when you get loaded onto that ride and you go forward before you turn up to go up the cool little like, woo, part, you can see somebody looking down at you. That is the tower. That's where the person is sitting. Um, in Everest, though, there's no window, so you can't see the person. It's it's all hidden and it's all on camera. So cool. I guess the best way to explain it is just turning on a ride, like how to start it up in general. There's so many different reasons why a ride will break down in general. You say break down, but that doesn't mean that it's broken down. That just means it stopped. The emergency brake went on. The power went off. Um, you know, just various different things. Um, a good one like Haunted Mansion. That ride stops all the time when you're on it. You know, they're like, please stay seated. That's because somebody literally touched the floor when they were in their little doom buggy. Because now it thinks that there's something in the way and that another doom buggy is going to go over it. So it will stop and then they have to start it up again. So, but I think that process is a little bit different, clearly, because it's a constantly moving ride sure. rather than a load, unload and no 
no doom buggies are going to run into each other, and it's not quite <laughs> the big safety measures as you know a roller coaster. But would they're be. probably from the control tower having to like zoom in and look they, at yeah. what was that? Oh, that was just a hand. That's I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine they know. Like they probably have a map of the track, and there's going to be a, like a light up. Is this is the spot that it happened in? They probably can look in their camera and be like, okay, that's nothing. Let's just keep it going. That's my thought. I really don't know if somebody has worked on that ride. Please, I would love to know. That's one of my dream rides to be broken down on and evacuated because I want to see it with the lights on. Um, <laughs> have you? Yeah. No. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh. Well, Ryan, Ryan, it never broke down on him, but when he worked there, he got to walk the track with That's the lights so on cool. and get a tour. And so, I'm yeah. so that jealous. That's pretty cool. That is my <laughs> dream. I know. My dream. There's some rides I don't want to see. Some I do, some I don't. I never want to see Peter Pan with the lights on. Oh my gosh, yes, I do. No, 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 you it don't. It would be disappointing. It would be so disappointing. The the Florida Peter Pan, the light is not as dark in there as it is in Disneyland. And you can, like, see stuff. And it's just so sad because it's not magical. And you're like, oh, I don't like this ride anymore. Yeah. So just don't go on it in Florida. It's not good. It's like it's a small world seeing the panels up above. And yeah. Right. It just yeah. ruins it. Yeah. But some are good. Um, anyways. At the beginning of the day, or if the ride shuts down and you have to start the ride back up again, all of the cast members will go into that tower, like a little meeting. There's a sign-up sheet on a whiteboard or a piece of paper that you will say, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here. And those are what are called break zones. Those basically are just different areas of the ride that have their own individual power that needs to be turned on separately. So the reason that you have a break zone is so that two cars do not get too close together. Um, You know, a lot of people, you hear stories of, oh my gosh, this train crashed into another train. Or, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a great, if you've ever listened to any podcast about deaths at Disneyland, you know, there's a whole story about the train on Big Thunder Thunder Mountain. Yeah, running into the back of another and then there was a hole. It was bad. That's not going to happen. That is a very old ride. Things have been updated since then. Never going to happen. And that reason is, is because each break zone has exactly what it says. It's its own break zone. So if a roller coaster is going and let's say the computer thinks that these two are too close together, a good example would be like after a big drop, mm-hmm. that's just gravity taking the ride around. If it's a heavier car, it's probably going to go a little bit faster, might get too close to the car in front of it. The brake zone is going to squeeze its little brakes together and slow down the car so that it won't hit. Okay, I have a question. Can you feel it breaking if you're on the ride? Mm-hmm. So for Everest, as an example, the big drop down after you see the Yeti, that's kind of the big swooping going Mm -hmm. down. Would you be breaking it around the Yeti moment? You would, uh, for that one, after the little, it like does two spirals like up into that room with the Yeti. Yeah. There's a zone there that will slow you down before you go into that room with the Yeti. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I want to ask about these like break zones where you all have to like fight over who goes where. Because this fascinates <laughs> me. I think we've talked yeah. about this or before. Or who but... doesn't want to go somewhere. Well, well, actually, before you go on to that, I can kind of give you a little context as to like what is going on too. I yeah, felt yeah. it on screaming before. You can feel the breaks. And usually that happens not only for like the weight well, of a car, but also in? like California screaming. Like California. Oh, I guess it's in Credit Coaster. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, so on that one, and I think it would go for any roller coaster, there's a certain amount of trains or cars that you can actually put on the track. Um, Expedition Everest, you could put up to five trains at once. Wow. Um, but it ran faster and smoother with four. Um, mm. And that's because with a fifth train on there, cars would get a little bit closer together and the ride would slow down at various places and it just wasn't quite big of a thrill. Um, mm. So the same thing has happened on Screaming before. And I remember, poor Kim, this is for you. We were sitting next to each other, and the first time I felt it happen on there, I was like, oh my gosh, do you want to know why this happened? We're at a break zone right now. And she was just like, okay, I don't care. And I was like, there's there's an extra car on here. Like, they should take one off, and then it'll like much smoother. You have no idea. You're like out over this. I'm like, yeah. Kim's like just screaming like, this uh, at her on the Yeah, exactly. She was just like, okay. And I was like, it's really fascinating. Trust me. Um, but yeah. So. Anyway, sorry. What were you saying before? I no, okay. So talk about these break zones, because I remember you've told us about this before. There's multiple parts. And, okay, so my favorite bit of Expedition Everest is the top where the track's broken, right? Like, you go up mm-hmm. there, and so before you go backwards, is that a break zone up there? Is, like, is that a spot where a train would stop? And yes. how do you get off of that if you have to be evacuated? <laughs> ah! Excellent question. Yeah, well, there's two. there's two spots on that mountain that, you have quite a journey ahead of you if you get stopped on it because you're so high up in the air. When you are stopped basically at any point on a roller coaster unless you're on a drop itself. Um, So if you look to your left or your right, you will see a pathway or you will see stairs or, you know, some sort of little path that is where the cast and crew members can walk. And that is where you would be evacuated as well. I do not specifically remember how many break zones are on Everest, but if I'm trying to like picture the ride going around, I know right when you start, you go up a little tiny hill and you're like, oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. There's a break zone right there. And then when you go around and before you go up the big, the big, the mountain. big one, yep. Everest, um, <laughs> right be before it. you climb <laughs> Everest, there is one there, I believe. <laughs> um, and then when you are going up the big steep, like the iconic look of the ride, yeah, I don't believe there's a break zone at the top of that, but there is a power up station up there, which makes me believe that there is. But that's also not where the big drop is. So you go up. And then you go, ooh, and then you go to where the track is broken. That's where a break zone is. So I think it's like, you know, once that little conveyor belt gets you up there, you're kind of free. And then you just roam until you hit that other break zone, which is where the track is broken. Okay. Then after you go backwards and you stop and you're looking at the big drop you're about to do, there's a break zone there. And then after the drop and the little loop before the big room, there's a break zone there. And then right after that room at the like end, there's a break zone. And annoyingly enough, there is a break zone before the end of the ride right there. So sometimes people will get stopped right in front of the exit and you have to do the whole evac thing and get them off. And they're like literally right there. And I think the only reason for that is because if there is a car that is just unloading and they're as a car that's about to be sent, there needs to be another place for the train coming in to go. So it stops right there. I have a question. When a ride needs to be evacuated, and I want to hear what happens when you have to be evacuated from that tippy top spot that mm-hmm. Adam's asking about, but does everybody who's in every zone, let's say there's four cars and they're in various zones, does everybody have to be evacuated 
Even if it was just one section that... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because if any part of the track is getting evacuated, the power has to be shut down because it's not safe to be up there with running cars and running roller coasters Mm -hmm. and things like that. So everything gets powered off, everyone gets evacuated, and then everything gets powered back up again, no matter what. Wow. Okay, so we are stuck at the very top. Yes. Here we are, right My at the very dream top. Has come okay. true. I'm stuck at the top of Everest. <laughs> <laughs> that's you a, say that's that. a fun one to get stuck on too, just because what the inside of it looks like is like you're like, really? I'm in this big warehouse school. I'm just picturing Adam stuck up there and he's just <laughs> yeah. like going, yes! yeah, yeah, yeah. We did like, it! Best day ever. Like I would go buy a lottery ticket afterwards. Like it would make me <laughs> so happy. One day. Like if you know um, so anybody still, down. I was oh, just sorry. gonna say if you know anybody's still there and they just they don't have any like strikes against them yet, and you can just find <laughs> out when I'm there and I'm at the top and they can just hit the whoopsie daisy button and like stop it. Yeah, Whoops. that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, it's an easy button to hit. We'll call it the Carly button. <laughs> oh. I was being nice and calling know. it the whoopsie daisy button, but we can just call it the Carly button. That's, That's not a nice. funner thing to say. A more fun way to explain it, I guess. Okay. I feel like we have to explain. If you go back to Carly's episode, you can learn why it is called the Carly button oh, yeah. because Sorry. she may have accidentally hit it once and almost got fired or something. I don't know how that works. But she's got a nice little strike on my record. She, she was oh, she no was firing for that stuff, but they're just a very you get points for things. It's that, a button. Like, hey, don't that be an idiot. Your hand <laughs> slips and you could stop the whole ride, but it's fine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Evacuating people. So in that tower, all of the cast members are going to go in and they're going to sign up to which break zone they're going to go to, which car they're going to go to to evacuate people. You always want to get in there first so you can pick one of the low ones. A lift, which is one of the first ones, which is still on the bottom level. B lift is that very top one. So if you're stuck, the ride shuts down. Someone's going to come over that little microphone and say, please remain seated. The ride is coming down. Someone will be here to assist you, blah, 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 something like that. So a cast member is going to come up. They're going to release your harness, harness, your little slap bar. Yeah. They're going to release it. And then they're just going to like go row to row helping each person off. And you're going to get off and just stand on that little staircase that is next to your portion of the ride. In this case, it's, you know, the steep one. So you're on a very high little steep staircase up there. Oh, man. Sounds scary. Um, (laughs) It's all right. So where is the Um, cast member coming from, though, to get up there? They're like down on the ground? Yeah, everyone's down on the ground. So... It takes a while because you have to get to the top of the mountain through a staircase in this case. Um, There is no elevator. If there is one there, we didn't know about it and weren't told about it. And we had to use the stairs. Then there wasn't. (laughs) I don't think there was. Yeah. I do not remember the specific height of Everett. Well, I know like. Actual Everest. It's 29,000 feet. We didn't have to go that high. But the uh, the mountain was about, it was anywhere from 24 to 29 stories high, which is, you know, 24 to 29 staircases. Oh you took. my God. So, okay. <laughs> That's why nobody wanted to do that one because they had to climb that staircase. Okay. So, but what happens though, if there's somebody who is a wheelchair user or on one of the like motorized things that literally cannot walk down 20 plus flights of stairs? Right. And this is where my memory is going to become a little fuzzy because this was 
15 years ago. (laughs) And things have probably changed since then, I would imagine. But I believe what they do is there is like a special team who has to come in if it really is truly a person who can't walk. You know, I I would assume if it's like a hurt ankle, it's like, okay, we'll just move slower then because I don't remember there ever being like a whole big thing about it. But I think if it was someone who couldn't walk or was wheelchair bound, they have like a a different team of like actual kind of like EMT type people who would come up there with not like a stretcher, but sort of a stretcher uh, to put the person on and then carry them down. Wow. Oh, that's like what we saw. Remember? We yeah. On, on we um, were, Incredicoaster. We were having our dinner and a show. Yeah. On Incredicoaster, right when we went back like a year and a half ago, we couldn't see what was going on because, you know, in Incredicoaster, when they zoom up, they're inside a tube. Oh, that tube. Yeah. And the ride must have been a, a break down there. Mm-hmm. And so all of the action was happening in the tube. But then they came out and they were on... Not exactly a stretcher, but it was like a stretcher, a stair stretcher. Like yeah, a like a special thing yeah, to get yeah, you down. Medical yeah. seat of sorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. A nightmare. All right. So how many times have you had to climb all the way up to the top of that thing? I have no idea. That would have been a fun thing to keep track of. <laughs> because, yeah, I, whoever draws the short end of the stick on that one, I really don't know. Um, someone has to do it at least twice a day because to start it up and to power down the ride, you have to go up there and do that. Yeah. So then if it breaks down, that's another time. It just happens quite a bit. And so you do have to rotate if someone's really like, I was just there. Then, of course, someone else would do it. So you didn't have to do it again. <laughs> Nowadays, it's probably that like wannabe influencer workout guy who's working on that <laughs> ride and is like, I got the stairs. And he's like signing up to be the top of the Probably. Did you ever have to evacuate anybody from all the way up there when you worked? Yeah. Worked there? Yeah. And it's funny, too, because it's like, at first, it's really exciting for the people, you know, but especially for you, Adam. If you were being evacuated, I'm sure you'd be thrilled. Um, It's cool because you're like, oh, my gosh, I get to walk through this whole ride now with the lights on, but not on that ride. On that ride, there are so many places that are like little holes in the walls or hidden behind rocks or something Mm -hmm. that are actually doors to go inside the mountain completely. So you're completely taken out of the magic and the cool part of the ride that you see. And you are literally in a giant warehouse with a staircase down the middle. So it's just very industrial. That is magic. (laughs) That is magic. To know what the inside of the mountain, like, I want to go inside the Matterhorn and see the basketball court up there. Like, uh, I want to yeah, see what the inside neat. of the Matterhorn looks yeah. like. Like, Yeah, but that's not, I, we all know what fluorescent lighting don't in take a, the magic a warehouse stairwell <laughs> Exactly, looks like. yeah. It's, I mean, it really is, it's like, if you're in a hospital and you choose to take the stairs, that's what it looks like. Like, as soon as you go around that corner, don't, you're don't like, open the door, <laughs> everyone come in, put your cameras away, but people are taking pictures anyway. And then you just take them down 29 flights of stairs and then walk them out, like, like it's it's very anticlimactic, I would say. Do you remember anybody having a freak out being up that high or being nervous about the steps? I don't recall that because you really can't see how high you are. You know, I mean, you know you're high because you're on the ride. And if you're looking out, you can see, oh, my gosh, we're at the top of the mountain. But as soon as you get into that building, you're just inside a building. And it just looks like a staircase. So there's never, I don't feel like there's ever an opportunity for people who are afraid of heights to really get that fear. The only one I can think of 
is oh, the top of that of B lift, that lift at the front. And this is where I have my having trouble remembering if a car actually would stop there or not. I really don't think that they do because only one side of that lift is protected if you do stop. Um, mm. If you've ever noticed, there's another example, when that ride is down, a stair rail will pop up on that lift. Oh. Um, so if a, a cast member like me has to go up there and you choose to take the outside stairs as opposed to the inside stairs, yeah. there's a there's a rail for you to hang on to to get to the top of that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my question is, how long does that process look like? Is it minutes? Is it hours that you're evacuating somebody? I would say it probably will take, I think the fastest you could do it because of, you know, it's not just a cast member running up and down the stairs. It's a whole, however many people can sit on that train, which is like 30 people or so. It's You have to get 30 people down 29 flights of stairs safely while also other parts of the ride are being evacuated coming into that stairwell and everyone moving down together as well. And so that can take a while. So like if that ride is down, you're going to be waiting for over 30 minutes to an hour to get back on there because one once it's evacuated, somebody has to go right back up to the top of that ride to power it up again. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But a way to tell when is a good time to get back in line, because the cast members really don't know. If you ask them, they really have no idea why the ride went down, why they're off, how long it's going to be. But you will hear a loud microphone talking, especially if it's a ride that has outdoor components to it. That is the person in the tower talking to each of those different break zones over a loudspeaker saying, Carly, you are free to... Uh, startup a lift and so then the person in the tower hits a button the person on a lift hits a button and then that section is powered on and you do that throughout the various break zones and so there is a loud i mean you can hear it on a lot of the different roller coasters I you have can hear heard it that on before. credit coaster you can hear it even on um tower of terror you can hear it sometimes mm-hmm. um because the voice kind of echoes out of the building um and so when you start hearing a loud speaker voice that's probably a good time to start getting back in line because it will be powering up again. That's a hot tip. That's a hot tip. That's a hot tip. Okay, so that's important to know because now we got to switch gears and talk to Sierra who very recently just experienced getting on Indiana Jones and it broke down on you for Mm -hmm. a pretty long period of time. So why don't you walk us through what happened and how you felt initially when you saw that the ride broke down? (laughs) How did you feel, Sierra? (laughs) Uh, I felt a lot of things. No, I first <laughs> felt excited because that is a cool ride to get stuck on, not going to lie. Uh-huh. Um, we got <laughs> stuck. It is. It's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I love Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and I think the ride's amazing, and it's huge. And I, yeah, I, I need a minute. I'm excited for this. <laughs> it's so. your dream. Okay. It's your dream to get stuck on it. And honestly, yeah. it's. Yeah, yeah. I think it's my favorite ride. It's at least in the top two or three at Disneyland and mm-hmm. California Adventure. So yep. so we got stuck at the part right before you cross the bridge. So our truck was about to cross Ooh. the bridge. Is that where the snake is? Yeah, to okay. get to where the That's snake cool is. Spot. We weren't, we had oh. not yet crossed the bridge. Okay. We were sitting right in front of the bridge. Uh, um, when so we were, you were si- in it then you were like, yeah, we had been in it for, uh, yeah, just, a, I mean, a few minutes. That's not super deep in the ride, but definitely it's a good, it's a good spot. Yeah. Um, so then the second it stopped, everything stopped, the lights went on immediately. And then if you're familiar with the ride and where the bridge is, there's like openings because there's a lot of like fire and stuff that's like down below the bridge. Oh, so the yeah. lights came on immediately and then these fences rose. 
Whoa. Like, over the bridge. Um, Ooh, yeah, on, the bridge. on each side of the bridge. Not to, like, stop in front of the bridge, which is odd, but, like, on each side of the bridge, like, where you could potentially fall off. Whoa. They were like, yeah. Nobody's falling Jesus. off on our watch. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, the seatbelts <laughs> tightened. That's uncomfortable. Oh, that's fun. So that wasn't great. Um, Those are tight seatbelts anyway. Where did you have to pee? Anyway. I, like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole other water problem. bottle. That four dollar Dasani water bottle. And, uh, <laughs> um, so those are the first few things. The problem that we had. Carly's talking a lot about us, like they making announcements and all of that. They were making announcements. We could not hear them. Mm. So I, I don't so know if it was. Someone was saying something, and they repeated it probably every like. 10 minutes and we could not hear it at all. Weird. So that was fun because we didn't know what was happening and no one came by to say like, hey, we're going to evacuate you. This is what's happening. No one came by. We were just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pulled out my phone and I took a lot of videos and pictures, which I'm <laughs> sure Dana and Adam will share. Oh, yes. <laughs> You'll see them on uh, our, our oh, yeah. Instagram, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And there were two other cars in our eyesight. So there was one that was on the other side of, like, I think they were entering another part of the ride. It's just, like, you just never realized it was there. Mm-hmm. And then there was one down by where the snake is across the bridge. Yeah, so these snakes. Yeah. <laughs> snakes. <laughs> um, so we sat there for 40-some minutes. And this was at oh my gosh. 10.30 at night. Oh, I have a question. Mm. When Oof. the lights came on, did the sound and the fire stop? Or was everything still going, but with lights on? Everything was still going, but with lights on. Well, sorry, not the sound. <laughs> the fire <laughs> was still amazing. going. Uh-huh. It shot for like a good three or four minutes okay. before it stopped. But the fire was just like, shh. Pew, pew, shh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you like the sound effect. I wish you all could see Sierra right now. She's like. <laughs> miming fire flames at the moment. <laughs> this is what fire looks like to me. <laughs> it's very flamboyant. Like pose. It's like a cheerleader pose. You just did. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you that you I didn't think about that. But yeah, they went on it went on for a little while. The music definitely stopped, but yeah, the flames went on for a little bit. And then everything stopped eventually. Mm-hmm. And then we were just sitting there. And you never realize how long 40 minutes is until you're <laughs> stuck on a ride when it's tightened and you've taken a good 30 minutes of video and photos. <laughs> you really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I thankfully didn't have to go to the bathroom, but there was a woman behind me that kept saying that she needed to vomit. And I was like, I oh, swear. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Protein spill. No. A protein spill. <laughs> a protein spill. Yeah. I was like, please, if you can help it, don't vomit on me. Was she but right behind you? She was right behind me. Oh, did she? No. Okay, good. She held it in. Good. Thank right. goodness. Do you but. think she was sick because she was nervous that the ride had broken down? Or do you think she just was Maybe she's claustrophobic? Yeah. I think they were on a bachelorette party. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> and it was 1030 at night. Oh. Got All it. right. That checks yeah, out. Yeah, they've been over at DCA for a while and just uh, traipsed back over to That's Disneyland. That's not fear sick. That's Jones. Las Vegas sick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <Accurate>. <laughs> <laughs> So you were there for 40-something minutes. Talk to us about when your knight in shining armor (laughs) in the form of a Disney cast member came to rescue you off the broken down ride. They were more like knights in (laughs) dusty armor. They were not very nice. (laughs) They did not care that we had, oh my gosh. 
They did not care. They wanted to get us off the ride as fast as possible, which I understand, but they were not nice. Mm. And they weren't even, um, not that you have to be apologetic as a cast member. It's not their fault that the ride broke down. Well, it could be. (laughs) 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 The car is a Yeah, they were, uh, they seemed mad to be there, honestly. But that was like the running theme of the day anyway, so. You said, um, yeah, well, Bob, JPEG yeah. time. Paycheck, yeah. But uh, oh, that everything was breaking down. Every single thing broke down. We paid for lightning lanes for, like, Rise, and we paid for web slingers, mm-hmm. and those broke down after <sighs> we had waited in line for a certain amount, like, 40 minutes again. We spent oh. the majority of time just waiting for things that would be broken down. But anyway. That's what happened to us. You know, we didn't get to ride Rise last time we were there because the thing <sighs> broke down three times. That sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. And we paid for it. Oh, would you get your money back? Because we went to the. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Oh, no. You didn't. Oh, nope. you need to have a. You need a spicy Jones with you next time, Adam, because she will not <laughs> let that thing slide. She will make sure. It's like $20 a okay. person. So yeah. the. I know. Don't remind me. Sorry. So <laughs> the spicy cast members came over to you and were like, hey, get out. Basically, we saw them walking to and from, and then they would say something to someone in the car or try to speak to us, but they were talking too quiet. We couldn't even hear them. I don't know what was happening with people that day, but I, maybe it's me. (laughs) (laughs) No, none of the people in the car could hear them because we were all like, what did she say? Because you don't actually realize how high up off the ground you are in the cars. Like they had to bring a step stool, Mm. like a full ladder for us to be able to get out of the trucks. Oh, Oh, yeah. Because I guess when you get on, you're level with the ground, Uh but then it's this whole lifted mechanical thing underneath you that you don't really think about. Yeah. So their like shoulders are about where your feet are. Oh, wow. So we could not really hear what they were saying. But so we saw them evacuating one from far away, like the one that was across the bridge. So we were like, when are you coming for us? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they didn't answer. So another 10 minutes went by. They evacuated us. They did exactly what Carly described, which is made each person get off and made everybody stand off to the side. And then we walked out the opening way where you are seeing Indiana Jones, like, trying to close the door. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's... Was there, like, a cut through to that spot? Or, like... Yeah, so... I want to see, like, a map of the ride and, like, how the track is actually laid out, you know? Like, that'd be so interesting. Yeah, because we passed so many things when we were walking, and we picked up another car on the way out. So they made us stand all against the wall while they unloaded the second car so they could get whatever 30 people mm-hmm. all in one big line. So it was. So what'd you walk past with the lights on? I remember walking past the bug wall, which <gasps> I think is where. Yeah, oh, but I yes. guess there's no bugs, right? Because aren't, aren't they lights? They are not lights. There are fake bugs all stuck to the wall. Oh, yeah. It's in one of your pictures yes, that you in, sent us. Yeah, in one of the videos. And oh my gosh, so dusty. Ew. Like the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. So we walked past that. We walked past the skeletons, like where all the skeletons are hanging. Pew, pew, pew. No, not those ones. Oh. The first ones when they like fall out of the walls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. That, that's the car. She, not the pew, pew ones. Yeah. We, not yeah. the ones where they shoot the things at you, the air at you. Um, yeah. The skeleton part was really cool and very creepy. And then we obviously walked past the front. So we walked past Indiana Jones. He was still opening and closing the door. <laughs> so there's a video of that too I think I took Um, and then we walked through the mouth you know like where the doors open Mm -hmm. that part that's kind of cool that's cool you got to see a lot of the ride with it on which is neat rather than being just 
shunned away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Showing cool. them. I, I pulled up the video <laughs> of... Yeah, he was poor guy, still just opening and closing, (laughs) still at it. The only other weird part was that they were like, don't step on the black stuff, which they told us that after we had already started walking. And the black stuff is where the tire tracks are. And I can't tell if it's something that they put down or if it's something that because the ride goes over and over again, the rubber on the tires has rubbed off. But it is so sticky. It almost ruined my shoes. Whoa. Yeah, that's crazy. Like well, tar. That's why you don't don't walk on the black stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Well, I wish I had known that. So okay. So they get you off the ride, and now here's what I want to know. This is the end of your day. It's now what? Was it nearly midnight uh-huh. at this point? Uh, Eleven. Yeah. Ride? It was ten. It was like ten fifty, ten fifty five, and I think that day the park closed at eleven. So. Did you get anything for your inconvenience or did they just be like, eh, see ya? (laughs) They tried to offer us passes or fast passes for something. Like they tried to offer us a paper thing and we were like, we're leaving. And then they just were like, bye. They weren't like, we're sorry. They just like ran up to us and were like, do you want these? And they were holding the paper passes in front of us. (laughs) We're like, no, we're leaving. Oh, but maybe this would be paper passes for like another day. That is true. But honestly, after the day that we had had, everyone in the group was like, we don't need to come back here for a little while. You're like, no, we're good. We're never, <laughs> also, coming, home. We're never coming back to Disneyland again. They made me miss my pumpkin beignets order. I Ooh. knew you would bring this up. Yeah, the you nerve. were. That's Ooh. the spiciest of the spicy Jones right here. Because didn't you say you pushed it back Ooh. the order a couple uh-huh. times while you were sitting on the ride? Uh huh. And then and you then see- it was closed. Oh, and I lost my pumpkin beignets order. Sierra, I'm sorry, I know. I'm so sorry. Sorry for your loss. You should sue. <laughs> I mean, for the cost of the beignets in a- your shoes. <laughs> yeah, you should sue. And then, you know, mark it up a little. Do like a do like a Trump. Just sue, because that's what he does for everything. <laughs> no, so not? just sue and get your money. They were Gucci <laughs> shoes, not <Smart>. Dr. Scholl's. <laughs> <laughs> they had red soles, I swear <laughs> I to God. I swear, before the um, black tar, they were red. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I still really want this to happen in my life. <laughs> I need it to happen. Like, my top rides right now are, I want it to happen on Space Mountain. I want the lights mm. to come on. Have you never seen that with the lights on? Like, I've ever? never seen it with the lights on. Huh. Never. I've never seen a single ride with the lights on. Um, there's a website. It's called YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but. Spicy I, okay. Joe. Oh, wow. I love it. Like, love to see it. Wow. You know what? Take your pumpkin beignets and go. No. She didn't um, get them. Why would you bring Ouch. them up? I know. My heart. <laughs> How dare you? The toy. <laughs> the toy just started. Look. Okay. So my top rides to get stuck on. I want to get stuck on Space Mountain. Like I said, because I want to see the lights on. Because I'm fascinated by what that track looks like. I want to get stuck on Pirates. Because I want the cast members to have to put their waders mm. on. And come out. And like. Raise come my hand Walk on out and wade to the boat. Yeah. yeah I've been yeah. stuck on that one before. <gasps> oh, you have. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't down in the ride. It was at the end. Where like, you know, right at the very end. When you go around on the little thing. Yeah. By that little island with the parrots. Yeah, yeah. So you've gone up. We the- had gone up. We were just hanging out there. All the boats were stopped. And nothing exciting happened. Except. And this is where I am curious as to what happens if you are in a wheelchair or not mobile because we had to climb over the boats 
Like, whoa, yeah. that's not what? safe. Yeah, we had to climb over the rows and then climb over to another boat and then get off where the little gate opened up. And I was like, this is that's ridiculous. Like, if someone was immobile, if you had little kids with you, like, I don't yeah. know how they could possibly do that. But that's how we had to just climb over boats to get out. It was ridiculous. Oh, you should have fallen. Oh, I should have. I should have slipped. <laughs> That's your lawsuit. Darn it. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, good. Anyways. And the other one is Rise. Mm. Oh, I got stuck mm. on that. Well, uh, but yeah. not in a in, not in a fun place. Mm. Yeah, I don't know the story, but oh. Ryan and his parents were evacuated off of Rise, but I don't think it was in a fun place. They were still in that waiting area before you get on the actual ride part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, I'm. Was I with them? You were with them. I was like, is that why? You because were with them. We took like a back, a weird back hallway. Yeah. You yeah. Were where they store the dogs, like the service dogs. And there was like a little, yes. yeah, there was like a little picture of a Aww. little chihuahua with a commander hat on. Aww. It's very cute. That's cute. That's sweet. Well, this has been enlightening, ladies. Thank you so much for telling us all about what happens when a ride breaks down in your firsthand experience. I feel like I don't want this experience i didn't really want it before i know adam did but i'm just thinking this sounds like a oh, no no i me. still do yeah <laughs> i'm still no having, i still want it i was gonna say having been someone who evacuates people and being evacuated before i still think it's fun every time <laughs> i would i love to get evacuated yes well i guess we'll have to put a poll on our instagram and see what you all think what rides <laughs> Do you want to get stuck on? Do you want to get stuck on a ride? Do you want to see the inner workings of how these rides operate by being evacuated on them? Yeah. Um, but. Oh, I forgot the other one because it's not a Disneyland. Spaceship Earth. Oh. oh, at Epcot. Yeah, that one. I want to get stuck huh. at the top on Spaceship Earth. With the stars everywhere. That part. Yeah. That'd and figure cool. out how they get you off of that one. Yeah. Because that's a lot of people they have to get off that thing. For sure. It's an omni mover, so it would be interesting. But it's probably... I have a feeling it's a stairwell situation. That's what I was going to guess, too. And you're not that, even though you're at the top, it's probably a pretty fast stair Mm -hmm. situation because you you turn around and then you're done with the ride, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, interesting. Well, with that, I guess we should wrap up the show. Uh, Thank you again, Carly and Sierra, for coming on the podcast and sharing all of your juicy details about being stuck on rides and such. Anytime. Oh, look at you two. And thanks for joining (laughs) us to uh, break down the Bob v. Bob. Yeah. (laughs) We love to see it. Bob v. Disney Daddy. So, yeah. We'll keep you guys all informed (laughs) on what happens. But if you are enjoying the podcast, please tell all of your friends and family and go like and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And with that, we will see you in another week. See you later. We did it.